Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. It's April 30th. Most of you are going to hear this on May 1st, so we'll just call it the May 1st. Fightful Wrestling Podcast. We're talking about WWE Payback, a show that a lot of people went into with kind of lowered expectations. I thought the show delivered. I thought there was a lot of fun uh, in this show. I am joined by the host of WWE's Most Ridiculous, Anna Bauer. She had an episode drop today. I'm, I'm a little sad there was no soapy ass report, but you know... Yo, I, f- I, I figured that you covered it enough this week. Um, yeah, I did. Didn't want to. Covered, lathered. I lathered it all up. Yeah, you really did. And I felt like the website would have had a different kind of listing happening on Google if we kept going with that. So um, I was doing you a favor, really. I mean, hell, we're already getting screwed by Google with YouTube and the restrictions and stuff. So, I mean, what, what, what's, it, what's getting screwed on the, the Google search results, too? I'll figure I'll leave soapy asses to you, and I'll just I'll have the bowl stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, you gotta you gotta <laughs> stick what brought you to the dance, right? Uh, I am also joined by Alex Palowski, associate editor <laughs> of Fightful.com. He does a lot of wrestling stuff here at Fightful.com. Brings you some of the more entertaining uh, aspects of pro wrestling as well. Alex, what's up? Not much. Uh, just watched uh, two men brawl inside a spooky house, and then <laughs> one of them apparently teleport uh, to the arena. So you know, I'm I'm down. Uh, yeah, well, let's 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 go. Let's do this. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about here. Obviously, of course, guys, check out our post Raw, post SmackDown shows. If you're into MMA, we do post UFC shows as well. Of course, uh, podcasts all throughout the week. That podcast on Wednesdays with Jimmy Vance getting really popular. If you ever wanted to hear a podcast between a, a millionaire who will probably try to tell you he's not a millionaire and the guy he picked to run a wrestling website, that's the show for you. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. This podcast, uh, as C. Phoenix mentions, is in loving memory of Jeff Hardy's tooth. It's gone. Also, Steve Muehlhaus and Carlos Toro and myself briefly yesterday did a post-show podcast for Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko. That fight was incredible. It was a great day for boxing, like 90,000 at Wembley. Unreal. If you have a chance to watch that fight, whether you're a boxing fan or not, watch that fight. It was unbelievable. Incredible stuff. But we have WWE Payback to talk about. Anna, what do you think of this pre-show panel? Huh. Why do you ask, Sean? I'm just uh, curious. I like Renee a lot. I really like Renee. She's great. She is great. Um, I question the use of the king still, and it does make watching these pre-show panels and also Raw Talk very difficult for me because it, it often, once 
um, to end in violence on this behalf. So it's it's tough. It's it's tough. Yeah, and they got to get their co-opted WWE coverage in there too. So there's that. We kicked off the show with Enzo and Cass defeating Anderson and Gallows. Uh, I just want to bring up Anderson and Gallows knockoff Bullet Club shirts work because they <laughs> have the right to do that. That is understandable. There's a, a confusing spot during this match where Anderson intercepts an Enzo tag, but Michael Cole calls it as a tag. He's like, tag, tag, tag. And Cass is looking all frustrated on the apron. Everybody's like, what, what's going on? Like, oh, all the viewers are like, what? I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. Why isn't he in there kicking ass? Later on, Enzo, or Cass does get that tag. And with Biggie off of Raw and Titus, his best years are behind him. I don't know if he had any best years, but they're behind him either way. And Cass has the hottest uh, hot tag in the, in on Raw. Unfortunately for me, Alex, the paint-by-numbers Raw tag matches are not a good thing. Now, we saw the difference in – we saw this, a paint-by-numbers tag match, and then later we saw one that was not a paint-by-numbers tag match. Mm-hmm. And the difference was uh, pretty magnificent. Yeah, um, I uh, listen. If your bag is face in peril tag matches, Enzo and Cass are your bag, and they do it better than anything else. But American Alpha is up there too. They they do it pretty good. Well, if they face but, but, each other, I don't know how the hell that match goes. No, I mean they they did once in NXT, and Cass played heel, uh, throwing Gable all over the ring. And but the thing is, Gable is. Gosh, is there a number big enough for me to say this? Um, a jillion times better wrestler than Enzo Amore is. Yeah, he'd probably beat the shit out of Enzo, so, honestly. So when, when Gable plays face in peril, I've, I believe he can get out of it in some way that involves wrestling moves. As opposed to Enzo, which is just like like juking his way across the ring. Like playing drunk <laughs> master to yeah. try and get to, to Cass. Um so these, that's, that's purely this. It's always this. Enzo's in peril. He gets the, ta- to, to, the tag to Cass. Cass clears house. It's the way it always works. They're very good at doing that, but I am sick of watching it. Thank you. Um, so uh, they, their very best thing they ever did when they did that they, was when they faced the revival at uh, Roadblock, the network uh, special last year. That was a clinic in how to make that kind of wrestling work perfectly. And when the revival comes back up, when uh, you know Dash is back off of injury, hopefully we'll get to see that done correctly. But until then, I have no use for these matches. None. Alex and I are toying around with the idea of doing some like how we would book it ID videos. So maybe that will come in the near future, guys, where we do some of this stuff. Uh, you all liked some of that that I did on the, the members-only shows. I do have another members-only show coming probably pretty soon, but there were a lot of busy weeks recently, so I didn't get to it. Anna, Enzo got the win. Is this indicative of anything at all, ever in the world? Mm, it was um, it was enjoyable to see him getting beaten up. Like He, he is very good at his job. He... Uh, is really it's just it's fascinating to think that when he first came up from NXT those chants they're still over people are still joining in but they listed off a freaking chinese menu how is that a thing like i get that's their thing but it's not it, it's not entertaining to me and it's not it just makes him getting beaten up great it's cathartic to watch so i'm i'm happy it happened um Look, like Alex said, that they're good at what they do. Enzo is very good at what he does. He's very good at selling. And um, that's just yeah. all this was. My, my thing with this is I'm, I'm like 85% sure they're going to talk tomorrow about whatever angle Gallows and Anderson are doing, that these guys are the most dominant team on Raw. And they just lost <laughs> via, like, yeah. to, to a guy who never wins on pay-per-view and you expect us to like, you have to figure out what's your consistent way of, I know I personally, I don't want people to win every match or lose every match, but there's a consistency. This person yeah. should 
be this 75% of the time. And then you should talk about them in that way, as opposed to them being something 75% of the time and you talking about them being the opposite of that. You know, that's just, it's, it belies what we've been watching. It makes us, it, it insults our intelligence. It's like they completely erased the fact that they won the belts. Yeah. We've gone yeah. back to them being jokes again, and it was so fleeting. Guys, head over to Fightful.com, subscribe to us, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, leave us a thumbs up on the YouTube video. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful, get yourself a Fightful shirt and a your boy shirt, or head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross get a Kraken Fight Team shirt or a your boy shirt or a Catch is Catch Can Wrestling shirt. Yeah! Yeah. Speaking of this uh, tag division, Golden Truth show up backstage and talk to the Hardy brothers, who Matt is using a significant amount more of the broken mannerisms. But for some reason, Golden Truth challenges the winner tonight's match. They haven't won on TV since October, Anna. Why? There was no logic whatsoever to what we just saw. I'm still confused by it. We had a House of Horrors match, and that left me more confused. I, it happened. So, so, so what, what is going to happen is tomorrow night on Raw, Golden Truth is going to have a match with the Hardy Boys. And then during that match, Sheamus and Cesaro are going to run in and beat up the Hardy Boys some more. And that's it. That's it. That's that's all that's going to happen. And Golden Truth will be off TV for another month. Like it, it, None of this is supposed to make any sense, but that, I guarantee, is what's going to happen because that's what they do. They that's set up a match that's not going to – yeah, exactly. That they needed to have that whole bit just to explain why Golden Truth are getting a match against the Hardys. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, they have been, they, they they're not going to take that time during Raw. You, <laughs> hey, know? you know what? You know what? I'd rather that happen. Yeah. I'd rather it be that the Hardys are just such nice dudes that they're like, <laughs> we know you suck ass, but yeah. we'll do it. As opposed to them, as opposed to WWE just randomly booking Golden Truth versus the Hardys tomorrow, the worst team on the roster versus the best team just to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it, a lot of it was like, hey, remember when you guys used to be here? And, and, and we're still here. But that was fun, right? We used to like, you know, hang out and yeah. go out for beers. What, what do you say for old time's sake? We have a match. Like that was basically that whole thing. That was uh... yeah. Very. Uh, this this show was like super heavy on tag team segments. We later see Charlie Caruso, who has become fantastic at her job, has like an awkward Seamus Cesaro segment where they don't say a lot of anything, Alex. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. has its tradition in the. Right. Social well, media land. This is the thing. They 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 choose these tweets of like, so what's your strategy tonight? As though in reality, anybody would say, like, oh, well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna try and isolate Jeff and work over his left knee, because we have like nobody's gonna actually say what they're doing, so it's a stupid question to begin with. And it was supposed to be foreshadowing for what was going to happen later, because they were being very rude to Charlie. Why yeah. would you be so rude to Charlie? I thought you guys were good guys. Yeah, that's what that was. Yep, I agree. Ms. TV, and I gotta say, Ms. is a really good indication that you do not have to win to be a big star. He hasn't won a singles match on TV all year. Uh, Anna, they're putting Ms. in with Finn Balor, like pretty much straight away from the Superstar Shakeup. I think given Finn Balor's booking in the past, him being the universal champion pretty much straight out of the gate, I think it's a pretty good indication that they they plan on at least having Miz in upper card programs on Raw. Uh, What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's always should be. Um, I mean, I love the guy. I love Maurice. And I'm glad that he's finally graduated from Dolph Ziggler kind of segments. Nothing against Dolph Ziggler, but... Mm-hmm. Um, to Finn Balor and I think Finn could definitely benefit from having the Miz to play off um, part of me just wished during Miz TV this is always the thing of Miz will just stand behind Maurice and the guys could do nothing about it I'm happy to volunteer to step in and slap her like if if Finn wants to tag into gender like I'm, I'm happy to step up um, I, I love Maurice as well 
I just, I want to play. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so does anybody else remember that thing uh, the first day after the, sh- uh, when there was the raw shakeup and Bray came on the Titan Tron and was like, Hey, Finn Balor, I got my eye on you. And everyone was like, Ooh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt feud. And now two weeks later, like, no, nah, no, nah, forget all about that. We're going to do uh, Miz versus Finn. Um, a, I like this new thing better than the old thing, but that was just kind of a weird thing to like forget about that quickly. Um, I do think it's odd that like, go ahead. No, no, I I do think it's kind of uh, great that uh, the safest worker in the company, the Miz, is going to be working with what what we know now to be kind of a a brittle type of a dude in Finn Balor. So that's good to keep Finn healthy. Hard body. He has hard body boots still on his head. That was not his fault. No, no, no. uh, That's true, but still, still. Um, the guy, the, he, he, he blew out his everything, like the whole left side of his body or whatever was gone, right side of his body, uh, after that one match with Seth. So he's good. Get him working back against somebody who cannot possibly injure him. Speaking of, there, there was some heat on Mahal right after the, the Finn Balor thing. Then there so like, should have been. And it's, and it's almost like, I think within 48 hours... I had heard, well, he's he's going to SmackDown, and there are bigger plans for him. Of course, I didn't know it was going to be this big, but it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like he had to do that to get attention <laughs> backstage. Oh, we have him. He's here. <laughs> we can use him. Oh, he knocked the shit out of Finn. Oh, that's fine. I'm not, oh, saying, I'm not saying that's what happened, but like the sequence of events that I was given, like made yeah. it sound like that's what happened. Finn's had a concussion. Who gave it to him? Mahal, he still works here. Hey, we're expanding into India. I got an idea. That's yeah. what happened. That's yeah, exactly. Uh, Miz makes fun of Balor for being too small, and Balor says that he'll beat Brock Lesnar and get his title back. I like this. There was some seeds planted. It was mentioned Balor doesn't give a shit how big you are. Kind of cool. Balor got the main event swear word. <laughs> Tries to walk away because Miz isn't worth it, then beats him up anyway. Also, we need to stop front drop kicks in 2017 unless it's Neville doing them. That's really it there. United States Championship match. If you all would have visited Fightful.com this afternoon, our boy Steve Muehlhausen had the match order, uh, the first match, uh, and some spoilers on uh, (laughs) House of Horrors up on the site. I thought this was an outstanding match with some really good heat from the crowd. And I had mentioned... And I wouldn't mind Chris Jericho winning here, and then he could drop the match or drop the title Tuesday, either to Owens or AJ Styles. You could do either of those two things, because if AJ Styles wins, then you have a ready-made Owens Styles feud. Now they didn't do a good job in explaining anything right. about who goes where after this. And here's the funny thing: <laughs> they didn't even know when they sent Owens over a few weeks ago. They didn't know what they were going to do as it pertains to championship, who stays, who goes. I don't know if that's the case now, but I know a few weeks ago they didn't know. There was the deja vu of Owen surviving with a single finger. thought that was really good. Chris Jericho was out there at 46 years old doing hurricane ranas and getting pops from the crowd. Then Owen sold the finger on a pop-up powerbomb, and it was awesome. It was incredible. I loved it. Then Jericho submitted Kevin Owens. This poses that interesting situation. But here's here's what, before we get into the match, Alex, you got two authority figures on SmackDown. Uh-huh. One didn't tweet anything all night. The other one was out farming beats. Neither one of them <laughs> happened to say anything like, hey, pretty cool that we just picked up a future surefire Hall of Famer. Now, I'm not saying that has to be a thing, but <laughs> didn't seem like SmackDown gave much of a shit. Nope. Nope, because it was a. I mean, I don't know. Are they are they worried about stealing Raw's thunder because it's a Raw pay per view night? I don't know. It was stupid. Like listen, I, I I mean, I don't I don't fault Daniel Bryan because you know he's like being being this person who just went through this. You're watching your your wife like a hawk. Like, okay, is that was that it? Contraction? Are you you cool? Because I got the keys ready to go in the car. Like that's what he's at right now, and I totally respect that. Shane, well, no, he's he was probably like, well, yeah. But I mean, at least that's the the the, the picture he posted. Um, listen, uh, Shane, I'm sure is like kite surfing somewhere. He's, <laughs> he he doesn't care about this. 
So the match itself, I thought, was damn good. Very, very good. Got even better. Like, they really... It wasn't one of those matches that started off so slow that it couldn't recover. Like, where the first 10 minutes is just so slow, and then the last three minutes pick up. This picked up gradually and then just got really, really good. I liked the ending because everybody knows that Jericho is going on tour. But at least they swerved you one time. Anna, did you see Jericho winning this match? Yeah, also because... Yeah, but you're a soothsayer, so it doesn't count. Well, yeah, I'm Nostradamus reincarnated. But I also did see... um, the the betting booking numbers change. So I uh, don't look at those. I don't even uh, look at those on our own site. I have Alex do it. Yeah, I don't go and seek it. It just pops up. Um, <laughs> I'm really happy with everything that happened. I love the psychology of that match. It was yeah. it was perfect. Um, and I love the fact that they've given this these guys a long enough program that it's believable that they would know each other's finishes. They'll know how to counter it. And it's just, it's, it's a thing of beauty. And Chris Jericho is 46. He's yeah. 46 and doing that stuff. This man needs to be inducted as soon as he finishes. And he'll be, he'll be coming back at 47 too. He'll be back in there at 47. Alex, I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like the prize fighter gimmick for Kevin Owens because they're all supposed to be prize fighters. I know. They're all supposed to be fighting to win matches so they can earn more money. Right, but that's never explicitly stated. You you should be, okay, so if you win this match, even if you only win by disqualification, you get paid more than the guy who loses. And that should be a thing that everyone accepts and is talked about. So that the guy, like, and, and if... And if you are a champion, you your base salary is more than if you are not. That would be like if you had a trash man fighting league and you said, Duke the Dumpster Grossy, he's that trash man. Well, they're all fucking trash men. Right, exactly. Or or, or a dentist fighting lead, and, and you talk about Isaac Yankum, the dentist. Yeah. Um, this was interesting to me because um, there's nothing so sure to me in the world besides maybe death and taxes as Chris Jericho loses this title belt on Tuesday and that he loses it back to Kevin Owens because uh, he's got a new damn shirt. It's got the American flag on it. <laughs> like they just released it. He's going to, that's the shirt he's going to be wearing to the ring for all of summer. So he's going to become U.S. champion again. Like, that's just the thing. So it's great that you kind of swerved us, and now, oh, we, we thought Chris Jericho was going to lose. But he's going to lose now on Tuesday. And now it's even more of, an, of a, a foregone conclusion for me on Tuesday. Um, I agree, and I love the psychology of this match. And it was an interesting thing that it, I almost felt like genuine sympathy for Kevin Owens with all the stuff being done to the finger because that just looked like it hurt so, so much. And it was also like a, a very, you know, uh, like Jericho snapped. Like, how dare you use that finger to break, the, to use a rope <laughs> yeah. break. I'm going to destroy your finger. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, so Jericho wins. Uh, Owens comes out, probably has his, 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 that hand all wrapped up in tape and uses it as a weapon to, to win uh, the title back on Tuesday. Uh, and then feuds with AJ over it for the entire summer. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Fozzie goes on tour starting, I think, Friday, and he they are on tour like every Tuesday. They're on tour the night of Backlash in West Virginia. So I don't have any issue with Jericho winning that title, though. It's it's adding no. to the storyline. Sure. It's adding sure. fuel to KO's fire, and it gives him even but- more. Be- but you need to get rid of the automatic. Uh, you got to get rid of the automatic rematch gimmick because Goldberg doesn't have his rematch. Mm-hmm. Um, Bray Wyatt didn't get his Owens rematch. still hasn't had his rematch for the Universal title. Owens hasn't had his rematch for the Universal title. Uh, Jericho, hope- if he loses Tuesday, won't have one for that. If Owens shows up on gets, – gets drafted to Raw next year, I hope the first thing he does is go into the ring against the Universal title holder and go, sure. I still haven't got my rematch. That would be great. Yep. Austin Aries defeated Neville. Aries was nice and over with the crowd. This is probably the most into a cruiserweight title match we've seen crowd lately. Booker T did a really good job. He brought up Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who was the 125-pound UFC champion, who fought at 135 pounds and did pretty good, made it to a title fight. But since moving down to another weight class, like Neville did, 
He has become one of the greatest fighters of all time, regardless of weight class. I thought that was a fantastic comparison. Uh, very good. And Neville is the type of guy that can pull that off. Aries took like an awesome spill off the top rope, off of a drop kick. Neville's front drop kick. I am the hater of front drop kicks. And Neville's was a work of art. Magnificent. He doesn't look like he kills himself doing it, but he looks like he kills the other guy. And that's really hard to do because there's no way to protect yourself. I thought this match just ruled. They, they worked really snug. I believed everything they did. The crowd was good. My only thing is the last chance where you're going to hear me bitching about this every day until somebody does it. If somebody doesn't sit out of that move, they look really stupid if they're elite wrestlers. Neville gets himself DQ'd. A clever finish, a turdy one for a pay-per-view, but, I mean, you're going to have those on occasion. But there's no reason that a viewer should respect a referee's authority because the WWE never gives them reasons to. But still, the match was uh, pretty damn good. I, I, I loved it. I think these two work great together. Anna, what what you think? Well, I think if you watch Most Ridiculous this week, you'll understand why referees do need love. Well, well, hot damn, we got a sidebar, and it's got Most Ridiculous right there on it at Fightful.com. So hey, maybe people should head over to Fightful.com after this, give it a little clickety-clack on the play button, and watch it. How about that? Yep. Um, I love this match. It was probably my favorite on the card. Um I love watching these two together. They, uh, their chemistry is insane. And I was going to say they were probably the most hard-hitting of the night until Seamus happened. Um, but it's hard-hitting in a way that it's like respectful hard-hitting and that you know that they're not actually going to kill each other doing it as opposed to Seamus. We'll get to that later. Um, Neville's gone full golem. It's awesome. Just, it's like every little thing he does – the even from the get-go, cornering um, Aries into the corner and then just kicking him in the gut when he finally backs off, all these little things. I loved it. And the ending was perfect. It means that they can keep going with this, and I'm, I'm happy with that. AJ on Twitter says, don't get rid of the rematches. Just put a time limit on when you can ask for it. Maybe 30 days. If you don't ask by then, it expires. That still doesn't explain why somebody wouldn't ask for it. Also, at hamstrings or at handcuffs, whoever's booking into making a guy lose two times in a row. And sometimes it's not the case. Hey, if Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who I just mentioned, lost his title after defending it successfully 10 times, he'd get a rematch. If some guy who just won it and never defended it and barely did anything with it, lost it, he'd have to work his way back up. Uh, Alex, you are the Former live coverage guy of the Cruiserweight Classic, I do believe, yes. correct? Yep, yes, I got cut my teeth. Uh, doing like The first thing I wrote for, for Fightful.com was like a four-part giant mega preview of I the remember. Cruiserweight Classic, uh, which I poured so many hours into. <laughs> it was just nuts. Before I taught you how to streamline work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but I loved doing it because I watched all these guys doing so much stuff. Now, Austin Aries wasn't a part of that thing. Neither was Neville. But I still learned to appreciate the way these guys uh, worked. Um, uh, and there's so much more that, that Neville is doing uh, akin to that than he used to against dudes who were 250. You know what I mean? Like he's using different things. He's not just like, I can flip, so I'm going to flip, and that's good enough. Like he's really working all this stuff out. And I love the way him and Austin Aries work. I like the idea that both times they had a one-on-one match. Uh, Neville was in the last chancery, and he couldn't get out of it. The first time he put a thumb in his eye, which was a really good uh, p- part of storyline from what Allison Aries was talking about on commentary. This time, grabs the ref, gets disqualified immediately. He can't beat Aries. He has to cheat both times to do it. I like that storytelling. I also think Austin Aries shouldn't be the next Cruiserweight champion. I think it should be somebody else. Uh, and I think because I just think that's a really good way of progressing Austin toward an inevitable heel turn because as we saw in NXT, he's a lot better as a heel than he's he is. More he's more yeah. He's a bit of an asshole. So, yeah. I, yeah, I will say something that we, we talked about a little bit on, uh, online during this, Sean, is that I would love it. It's not going to happen, but I would love it if the, if the WWE allowed the refs to have a little bit of personality. Oh, in yeah. that if you, had, if you had one ref who is notorious, you touch me, you're getting thrown out. 
Yeah. And another guy who lets things slide. So depending on which ref you had as, as a smart wrestler, you could do stuff like this. Like Neville could, could try and do that kind of thing against a different ref. And the ref would be like, what are you doing? To throw so in another, going, you know, throw in another MMA comparison that happens all the time in MMA. If big, big John McCarthy's in there, you know, you're getting an experienced guy. If Kim Winslow or Steve Mazzagatti are in there, you're like, oh shit, if I get knocked out, I, I'm, I might be facing some brain damage. They may, may never stop it. You may have inept refs. You may have really experienced refs. You may have refs who, in championship situations, allow things to go a little bit further. Right. Uh, I would love that. Now, I don't think they should be the star of the show, but like you said, no, just no, the no. little things. Yeah. And, hey, it's as simple as putting up a tail of the tape, like characteristics of this ref. He's known yeah. for this. Right. Have Michael Cole say yeah. it. Yeah, say the match. John just bring it up Cone. real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Say John Cohn doesn't. Damn it, Anna! Damn it, Anna! What are you doing? Go ahead. It's insane to think that they don't have that because you'd think by this stage, how many years they've been doing this, they'd want something that's just such an easy little flavor to add that makes a match different. Right. Like if you watch NBA playoff basketball. They always talk about how this crew has a real quick whistle in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah. Like they're going to call those fouls. And this one will let you play. So that's a really interesting thing. And coaches are smart enough to game plan against it. Wrestlers should be able to do the same thing against different kinds of refs. Um, yeah, I don't think they should telegraph things by it, though. No. Somebody says, uh, Brian Doherty in the chat says, WWE needs a red shoes. I don't think they need it even to that degree. Because a lot of times, red shoes gets a little too in his own shit. And I don't think Red Shoes is that good of a ref, to be honest with you. Just saying. Next up, we had what I considered match of the night. Hardy Boys defeating Sheamus and Cesaro to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. We get some Delete chants, some Brother Nero chants. Early in the match, Jeff Hardy took a sick spill to the outside. He had Sheamus in an arm bar, and Sheamus just threw him through the ropes. That was far from the toughest thing of the night. I'll say this. Thumbs up to Vinnie Mac for getting a hold of the Young Bucks and saying, make sure you don't hurt the Hardy Boys. Because we got Cesaro and Sheamus to do that shit on their own payroll. (laughs) Jeff Hardy got his tooth busted out. Matt Hardy got busted open. Still, despite all this violence, Cesaro's springboard European uppercut may be the most beautiful move in WWE right now to me. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro beat the Hardys to shit. Those guys are 20 years, 25 years deep in the game, and they didn't care. Uh, there was a super cool, super white noise from the top from Sheamus on Matt Hardy. I'm sitting there like, Matt, what are you doing? Why did you agree to this? There's a really cool finish uh, where Sheamus didn't know who the legal man was, and Jeff Hardy hits him with a swanton. This comes after Cesaro catches Jeff outside, Jeff sends him over the barricade. The match, before the, the, the after-match, the post-match happenings. Anna, what's your take? So when's uh, Sheamus going to UFC? Because he seems like a perfect fit. That he got his was... ass whipped. He, he got his ass whipped by Yoshitatsu. He is over protein brutal. He is freaking brutal. Dude, like, as I was typing, holy shit, Jeff is getting the shit kicked out of him. He gets his tooth busted out (laughs) by a kick to the face. Guys, I I get this is your job and, you know, but you have to do this. How many times per week? Please take it freaking, like, just calm down. Calm your shit. Um, Aside from that, it was an awesome match. Um, They all gave it their all. Um... I don't know. There's one point when Matt was smashing Cesaro's head against the turnbuckle, and I was just like, just do it for real. It's gotten to that point. You might as well. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about the very end yet, yeah, but. Yeah, we will. Alex, is this the catalyst for the Broken Hardies? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's we've, what's... we've never seen him do that much in WWE with that. No, no. Um, yeah, he's, he's moving down that path. Uh, I don't know if like tomorrow he's going to come out, um, and be super broken, but he might, (laughs) he might, uh, you know, I mean, this is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That's that's always a possibility. He 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 tweeted out something. I'm gonna find it while you guys are talking. Um that that's pretty Pretty great. Uh, yeah. So you, yeah, I'll find well, it. After, after the match, Cesaro and Sheamus attack, and this is, I like this. With without the revival, and a you boys on the roster, they they need a good heel team. Sheamus and yeah. Cesaro are a good heel team. I think they're wonderful together. Do you think this adds a new? Do you think this refreshes Cesaro and Sheamus? I'm all in. Hell yeah. My question, though, is do you think Revival would have been in this spot if Dash didn't get his jaw smashed off? I think they probably would have been with, like, Enzo and Cass earlier. Mm. Early. And I still think Cesaro and Sheamus would have had this spot. I I do love what they're doing with them. Um, and it does make when summer comes. I mean, I don't know how you can do – they'll probably change one of them to face, but Cesaro versus Revival will be kick-ass. Um, but hey, Matt and Jeff Hardy, nice guys. I would have gone tooth for a tooth for that point, instead of <laughs> accepting the friggin' handshake. But Alex, what is this? Person. What is this Matt Hardy tweet? Okay, so the first thing he's, is is that Seamus tweets out, "Toothless and broken tonight was delightful," and then Matt retweets that saying, "You obsolete heretics have no idea what you've just done." <laughs> Which just sounds great, calling somebody an obsolete heretic. You've no idea what you've just done. That's great. Um, I I really liked uh, like the whole thing was obviously leading up to this. Uh, I, I after the first handshake, I thought they were going to be done with it, and it was going to happen tomorrow. Maybe uh, I'm glad they did it here. This is really great. I would have loved to have seen just something a little different with with the turn. I wanted to see Sheamus do it first. And Cesaro get in the way and go, what are you doing? And Seamus convince him somehow to do it with him. To, like, show how these, like, because that's, Seamus was the heel to begin with. And Cesaro, like, was the baby face. And that's how they had their, their fight forever. And then they eventually kind of saw eye to eye. But Seamus has always been more of the heel and Cesaro more of the face. So to have that moment where the actual story is told, where Seamus convinces Cesaro to join the dark side. I kind I kind of like really cool idea. I kind of liked how they they did it as is. Is like they they were so eye to eye now that they were both like, yeah, screw these guys, let's kick their asses. Well, I can't yeah, wait to I can't you, wait to see where this goes though. You don't mm-hmm. like Star Wars, so you don't like my idea of him joining the dark side. I don't know if I like Star Wars because I've never watched Star Wars because I don't watch that trash. By the way, I wow. watched World War Z this weekend. It was not as good upon third watch. But draft day was fantastic. Draft day was even better upon third watch. You want to know why, Alex? Why was that? Because the Bears this weekend were able to suspend my disbelief that such a thing could happen. (laughs) And if you've ever seen draft day, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Bears are the Jacksonville Jaguars in that movie. Anyway, the first hour of this show had just been phenomenal i thought next up raw women's championship alexa bliss defeated bailey this was a great coming out party on raw for alexa bliss i love her skateboard stomp i've always loved that move it's pretty cool uh bailey hit a badass saito suplex there's this really really cool sequence where alexa hit one of her knees then went through the back flip missed the other one and then bailey just came through and creamed her with a knee to the face this was another good match, another good finish that ended in a DDT. Uh, Alexa Bliss wins. I love the use of a DDT as a finish. Alex, Alexa Bliss, the first ever woman to hold the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. Uh, and Bailey loses in her hometown. Now, they used to beat somebody in their hometown every time. Now it's not as much. But this, this, this is perfect, though. Like, yeah. like ba- Bailey did this thing where 
the, the night she actually won the championship for the first time, she became women's champion. She, her family wasn't there because it was a surprise thing and she didn't know and she wanted to do it in front of her family. And she's talked about that. And so now she goes back to her hometown as champion for the first time in front of 25 friends and family. And they beat her here <laughs> to, beat, to, to put real heel heat on this new women's champion, the first to ever hold both. And as somebody tweeted, uh, tweeted out that I saw the rocket strapped to Alexa, Alexa bliss is bigger than she is like, <laughs> like that. They, they, they love her. And with good reason, she's only getting better in the ring and she's by far the best on the mic. I saw somebody tweeted out, uh, I think it was TDE that total divas Epps has a gif of her talking to Renee young on raw talk, Renee young with her ridiculous, uh, jacket that's vertical, uh, like, like referee stripes. He says, if Beetlejuice. I say Beetlejuice three times in the- <laughs> <before> <laughs> you appear, and I thought that was so great. Like, that's just, that's so great. I love her so much. I'm really happy for her. She's really young and she's only going to get better. This is a really, really good thing for women's wrestling to have Alexa Bliss being shoved up to the forefront because, you know, sh- she's, she's only improving. Anna. Thoughts on Alexa Bliss, thoughts on Bailey, thoughts on the hometown loss, thoughts on Alexa making history. Uh, I think it was Corey Graves who had the quote of the night with competing in your hometown isn't necessarily home field advantage. Yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> this was fantastic. And and it's been, a, it's been a rough few hours, well, 24 hours. And so this kind of turned everything around for me. Um, I've been a huge Alexa Bliss fan for a long time. And, yeah, she is just getting better every single time she walks down to that ring. And it's I feel horrible for saying this because I'm sure Bailey is a wonderful person and she is great in the ring. Um, I don't like what they've done with her since she's been called up. But every time I hear another childhood story about her and her, her childhood dreams, it's like, okay, we get there. Alexa Bliss probably had the same dreams, but I want you. I want you to lose now. I feel like an absolute heel, but it, should, it shouldn't be like that because no. Bailey's still relatively new. That's the thing. Yeah. They came in and they brought her in with the same kind of deal that she had in NXT, but they sped it way up. Like you had no time to sympathize with her. But here's the thing: I think that everybody who would have sympathized with her probably already knew the score and knew the direction that was going. They, I think they tried to recycle it a little too much. And then they were just like, hell, you know what? If people think that she could be the next Cena or the female Cena, let's make her the female Cena. Didn't work out that way though. But I think yeah. you got it. You got it perfectly there with, they sped it up too much to the point now where both her and Sasha Banks, it, it comes across as really ingenuine and I can't stand that. So is that the point where I'm like, I want to see you guys lose. Hey, I think there's I think there's a place for a legitimate, ingenuine character. I've been saying that about Apollo Cruz forever. I wish his character was that he was so ingenuinely nice. But that needs to be deliberate. Yeah, I know. I wish they would make like maybe a Bailey like that. Yeah. Like because I mean, you know, Kurt Hank Kurt Angle was the wholesome American hero. Bailey is super wholesome. She could be almost to a comical level because I don't think it would affect how kids feel about her if she wasn't doing anything heelish yeah i thought i thought it was a good good match fun time i thought it was better than a lot of the matches on the show uh one of them being the house of horrors match now i didn't hate this i didn't hate it at all when i was nine i thought that wwf in your house was going to be what we saw tonight i thought they were going to have a fight in somebody's house they should have done it I wish they would have. They finally did. This should have been called WWE in your house. Should have been. Uh, LOL at Randy Orton wearing his elbow pads and wrist tape in the limo. In the limo? (laughs) In the limo that arrived in the middle of pitch black darkness at 6.30 p.m. in San Jose, California on April 30th. (laughs) Uh, Of course, Steve Muehlhausen had some more stuff. I thought this was fine, except for the zoomy camera shit. And somebody said to me, 
well, horror movies are supposed to be filmed with a Zoom camera. And I said, then every WWE match since 2012 has been a horror movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's really all I can say. Now, also, if you guys have a surround sound system, watch this match on that surround sound system because that shit was optimized. Like I was hearing like crickets in my left ear and like creaks of doors in my right ear. It was pretty outstanding. I got to give them credit for that. It was really, really cool. (laughs) So the sound sound mixing was cool is what you're saying. Yeah. A friend of mine, a friend of mine and a longtime teammate tweeted me and he rarely watches wrestling, but he said, I could do without the ominous music throughout this. And I said, I hope All Star by Smash Mouth starts playing and Bray goes, <laughs> God damn it, Bo! Leave my playlist alone! <laughs> like, that's what I wanted to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> a refrigerator got slammed on Randy Orton, uh-huh. which prompted Rebby Hardy to tweet uh, the article that we did about Matt Hardy's <laughs> refrigerator and said, I think refrigerators are getting over in wrestling. So shout out to <laughs> Rebby Hardy, who still has me blocked on Twitter, Mike. <laughs> Even though she tweeted an article that I got a quote from her husband about that helped her get a new damn fridge. Right. She should definitely unblock you for that. She should unblock me for it, guys. Tweet at Rebby Hardy and tell her, I don't even know why. I've never sent her a tweet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so back in the arena, Wyatt is in the ring. Orton's behind him. The Singh brothers and Jinder Mahal jump Orton and Wyatt wins. So Bray Wyatt won his non-title rematch and didn't get his title match. The Jinder Mahal thing, I'll unpack that very quickly. If they continue down this path, I'm okay with it because so far Jinder Mahal has not come up on the on the upside of any fight without a lot of help. He is still a jobber who just got some friends that helped him out in a few situations. And that's what happened. That's just what's happened. I think it's funny the way you say that. Jinder Mahal has never got on an upside of a fight without a bunch of help. He's got some friends who helped him out. Is another way you could say Bray Wyatt. Yeah. It's the exact sure. same fucking thing. And that's yeah. a problem. That's true. Well, is it is it a problem? Because it's a problem for me, Sean. I know <laughs> it's a problem for you, but at this point, that's what he is, and I hate I, it. It's, but it's he a bummer. doesn't have to be. I'm like sitting here begging, please put Finn Balor with him so I can know what not to watch every week because I don't give a shit about either one of them. I don't right at this point. I'm ready for that him to bring the demon out and all this horse shit. Like, I don't – the promos are old. The moves are old. The don't gimmick bring is Finn old. Balor into gender territory. Do not do that. He can get into – I'm talking about Bray. I'm talking about Bray. It's still leading from the same freaking sentence. Right. We, and yeah, I take sure, a pick. Whatever. I don't care about we, any of them. We don't care about a damn one of them. We can't just gloss over. With your thing about, like, the sound mixing aside, the rest of this was utter horseshit. Like, he shows up in a limo wearing pants, which right there, right, right, that's the first horror there is of Randy Orton in pants. Who's who's this limo driver? Is this his personal well, we, driver? We can't spend twenty minutes on no, this, we're Alex. Twenty minutes. We're going to spend five. This thing was a monumental, like, piece of crap. And I know that Anna, you agree with me on this. This thing was ridiculous. But like, where, like, what did he did? Is this Brad Wyatt's house? It's just like, what do you all know about acting that I don't? Listen, like, did, come did, on. Did he did he get it on Airbnb? But if because if so, he's not getting his deposit back. Like, what is what is this thing? Where, like, why is it all blue? Did he like set up some of those those little LED things that shoot light up onto the house? A, by the way, this house is for sale. You can buy this house. Yeah, I know. for thirty six thousand dollars. I say somebody's oh, somebody's buying that house. I say we got to pool all of our resources, get this house, so we can restage this thing the way it should have been done. They dropped a fridge on Orton. Bray got in the limo that Orton arrived there and said, driver, take me to the arena, which that's just the way it goes. And, uh, and then Orton showed up there having teleported, gotten an Uber. Like what? This whole thing was completely ridiculous. 
and they just expect us to swallow it and move on. What the hell else were you supposed to do with this thing from the beginning? What are you supposed to do with anything Bray Wyatt does? Not have a House of Horrors match to begin with. They burned down a fucking house a few weeks ago, Alex. The whole thing was was ill-advised from the very beginning. It's arson. I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here. I'm gonna step in here. Alex, I don't agree with you. Because and and as most ridiculous girl, I take offense to you saying that ridiculous is bad. This was off the chart crazy and but the way that they did it was at least entertaining. I loved watching the first half of this match. I had so much fun on Twitter dissecting it because it was so freaking insane. They had a fridge. It wasn't just a fridge that he got crushed with it was, it was matt poo- hardy's smeared. old fridge it was a poo smeared fridge. we all know that's the case right that was poo smeared on that thing <laughs> and they had dirty dishes in the sink they had crazy baby doll heads it was entertaining as hell my issue comes in when they get to the ring and all of a sudden uh, randy's the one with the magical powers and then all of a sudden jinder and his cronies step in and Fuck up the match. I said it once this podcast, and that was justified. And then Bray wins, but Bray doesn't win on his own volition. After all that, after this entire build that we had before Mania, before the house got set alight, he doesn't even win on his own volition. And that pisses me off. But the rest of it, the House of Horrors thing, I really enjoyed it because it was just stupid as hell. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was bad the way the room is bad. And you can still laugh yeah. at it and have fun watching it. But it was still awful. I mean, yeah, yeah but that, that was my point. But the whole really thing they're not going to be awful. Like, yeah. Right, but the, the thing was, everyone was like, oh, could this possibly be something closer to the final deletion than that terrible compound match was? And no. The problem was they took it too damn seriously. If they ever, like, if they tried to make it good, I would have been offended. Like, how, the, how dare you they, believe that this? They, have, they have the Hardys there now as well. They don't need it to be final deletion because it, they have the Hardys there to do that. Yeah, it could at least they could at least have known what they were doing, and been more tongue in cheek about how bad it was. I'm pretty sure at one point, Bray Wyatt seriously attacked Randy Orton in the kitchen with a with a rolling pin. Like it was, it was really, really bad, and I think they thought it was good. That's what's wrong with it. Anyway, Carlos no. brings up that Bray Wyatt was exhausted after the limo, right? That doesn't make any sense. Either. No, 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 nope. Still could not, should not have been out of breath. You need to see uh, it, Bray. Yeah, this was. I had this, despite the fact that I didn't hate it. I had this as the second lowest rated match, just above Enzo and Cass versus Anderson and Gallows. And then, all in all. Hey, that that's a good thing because I still I had fun. Seth Rollins defeated Samoa Joe. I was underwhelmed here, uh, and I did not envy these two. The live crowd got taken out of things after they had to watch 15 minutes of the show on a Titan Tron and saw their hometown girl lose. Joe worked over Rollins' legs early, and I said, "Wonder how many dives Rollins will do after." <laughs> Joe sentons the knee. You do not see that every day. I thought that was super cool. I died at the WWE cutting off the replay as Seth Rollins screams, Mother f- <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> uh, Joe, like, really specialized his offense for Rollins' knee. I thought that was cool. Hits a dangerous-looking powerbomb on Rollins, too. I was scared there. Rollins was selling his knee, then doesn't, then he does, then he doesn't, like, he should not be able to run on that knee if it's getting beaten down. And I'm, I don't want to see this match from Rollins all the time. And you can say a lot of things about selling and wrestling. You can say, oh, well, they got to sell so it'll be more realistic. That shit doesn't work because in a real fight, you would not sell anything. And we've had MMA fighters on this podcast network literally saying that time and time again. So it's really a matter of personal preference. But when he goes, when he does it intermittently, I, that's that takes me out of it a little bit. Rollins scores the pin while in the Coquina clutch. Anna, what'd you think about this, and where do you see each man going? I thought it was just such a waste to have this match sandwiched between the House of Horrors. It ruined it. I was distracted, completely distracted. Um, the crowd was it was just a complete disservice to them. Um, thought the match itself was great. That. Uh, the drop onto 
the pin drop from Samojo into Rollins looked vicious as hell. Um, I appreciate the psychology again on, on the knee, on the leg. And I do love the Kingslayer gimmick that they're doing with Seth, but I do feel like it is limited and I, I hope they don't continue it too much further. I don't know where they're going with this now. I did think Samoa Joe was going to go over just because this is his first pay-per-view on the main roster and it's like, well, he could have done with it, I guess. They, they yeah. still protected him a little bit and they have up until this point. Yeah. Alex, do you see them continuing to do that? I don't know. I mean, the 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 thing is, is that they had a ready-made blow-off match, whatever you want it to be, at Extreme Rules in a month. So... Samoa Joe absolutely should have gone over here. And then you have, you have the story of Seth Rollins overcoming him at this, at this brutal match where Samoa Joe, the bigger guy, should have the advantage because he can use weapons or whatever. And Seth Rollins still comes through and wins. That's the story. But now, I mean, Seth Rollins won. And he defeated the guy who blew up his knee. He used psychology to do it. He's smarter than Joe that it's over. Now it's over. But it, I don't think it is over. I think they're going to continue it. And that's the problem. Like, when, when Seth Rollins wins a match, that's the end of the feud. But the feud is going to continue, I'm, I'm almost certain. Uh, you know, this whole building toward whatever you do at, um, you know, Extreme Rules, this is a, it's kind of a thing of, like, I don't know where any of this is going. They have only a month to build to what appears to be either a bunch of lame retreads or brand new um, programs that... You don't need a first pay-per-view match to be a no-holds-barred or a tables match or a ladder match. Like they, they, it, It's a very odd thing to do, but I have no idea what anybody's going to be doing in a month. I guess that's good? Well, I mean, they've got three guys. they got Rollins, Balor, Strowman, who it looks like they're all – all of them are potential guys to face. Lesnar down the line. Lesnar's wrestling at – Great balls of fire. We need to By the way, this that. wasn't uh, Joe's first WWE main roster pay-per-view match. Issa pointed out that he yeah, in Fastlane. Strowman, Reigns. Reigns came out, bandaged up heavily three weeks later. I thought that was awesome. That was good. That was just phenomenal. He got some early offense. He got some late offense, but everything else was Braun Strowman kicking the shit out of him. Sustained. Mm-hmm. Sustained. Uh, thunderous booze for Reigns. There was a point where Strowman like, awkwardly ran into Reigns against the stairs, and it kind of showed he, he's still green, but he's improving at a pretty rapid rate. At this point, I really feared the direction of the company of the immediate future if they tried to play the Reigns overcomes the odds valiantly. He's a baby face, but we know you guys think of him as a heel. <laughs> Wink, nudge, bullshit. But they didn't pull that. Strowman posts off the shoulder every time he's kicking out. That's another pet peeve, but Strowman hit a power slam and won after a bunch of spears and uh, Superman punches. After the match, what was it? Two two, two power slams. It took two, two power, power slams. slams to put down a guy who was so bad. Oh, we'll I'll find something to bitch about, Alex. I'm going to. <laughs> Good <laughs> God. <gimmick. laughs> Good God. Reigns is still storyline. Yes. Best wrestler on Raw. Right. He right. is the best guy. Right. He came in, he came in as they say, nowhere near 100%. He's really good. Yeah. He's just really good. Um, Strowman beat the crap out of him with stairs after the match. Anna, you're a, you're a Strowman fan, even though you're a journalist and you're supposed to remain, remain bipartisan. Well, when you're engaged to someone, it's hard to... Oh, cut the gimmick. Cut the gimmick, (laughs) Anna. You're going to get stale. Well, if Roman Reigns can do it. Um, (laughs) It it was fine, and I do appreciate that he came out all bandaged up. Um, He still came out to the arena with more booze than the House of Horrors match. It just got to the point where... I said from the get-go, there is no way logically or feasibly that Roman Reigns can win this match, given how beat up he is. And he still got in so much offense, and the match still lasted a decent length of time. And it kind of 
It was the shortest male match on the main card. But still, for the amount that he was supposed to be injured, he was in an ambulance that got flipped over. He should not have been able to have that much offense. That would hurt nearly as much as the running him off of a dock in a stretch. Okay, well, you just proved my point. You just proved my point then still. He had so much offense to the point where it started to make Strowman look like a chump, that he couldn't get this guy down despite how banished he was. And I know that's Rain's thing. That's the superhero crap. It's just like, read the room. The guy was spitting up blood by the end of the beatdown and the crowd was cheering, thank you, Strowman. WWE needs to read the damn room. I think they are. They won the match. Yeah, but it's still, it's still trying to prove even Cole on commentary was like, oh, he wants to walk out by himself. But we get it. The, the amount of bravery. Roman Reigns, this is just, this is, you should really just let them, let him let him take you out. Roman Reigns, what are you doing? Just give this guy a clean loss without this buildup of, oh, isn't he so great still? Because we know your opinion of him. Just let him have the loss and then maybe we can come to terms with that by ourselves without you shoving this down our throats. The, I've never heard any heard it better. Better put, they don't know how to read the room. Listen, they did this thing with the fake coughing up blood and everything, and people were were saying, "Thank you, Strowman, and you deserve it. You deserve having your your liver lacerated or whatever that you're coughing up your own blood. You deserve this thing that's happening to you. That's that's what their booking has done to this guy, and that's not." That's not good. You have to be able to figure out a way of like getting away from that. Now, send Roman out. He's a good-looking dude. I'm sure he could read some lines. Send him out and have him do one of your WWE movies for like a month and a half. Like, get him out of here. Like, move it, move on. And then when you he comes back, hate you something making else. Money. You must hate people showing up to live events, Alex. It's that's that that is that is the biggest quandary. Is that in order to to make your same money, you still have to keep this thing Alex, the status quo. You cover the shit for a living. You have to know better than that. They are no. not going to just send him out just because – like he's, he sells tickets to live events. Right. Now, does no. he sell a, an, an exorbitant amount? No. But, right. I mean, like he is a valuable asset to the company. Just because you, you're not entertained by him doesn't mean that other people aren't. No, 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 no. As entertaining as he could be, no. But this – is right now for this point in time, this is a vehicle to get Braun Strowman over and it's fucking working. Right. Right. And the, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out long-term what you can do with this guy. And if it's the same thing you've been doing over and over again, eventually it's, it's going to sour. You can figure out a way of just figure out a way of tweaking it in some way. I, I know I'm a broken record with this, but this is the perfect time for Strowman to have ripped off that damn vest. Give him something sure. new, a new look, and that could be a great reason for it. You know what I mean? There's got to be something different about this guy as opposed to the same thing over and over and over again. And I know he lost, and that's great. And that's the right move storyline-wise. But it's still the same thing of, like, what a brave guy he is. He won't stay down after the first power slam. All of that crap. But do you want him to be a wuss? I mean, you don't. No, if no, he no. was a wuss, if he were a wuss, then it'd be like, well, I, what did Braun Strowman be? I, I would I rather people... Braun Strowman beat a really, really, really strong Roman Reigns than a yeah. little bitch Roman Reigns. Sure. If you're trying to get somebody over as a as a big character. But the problem is, is then if you keep saying that he's nowhere near a hundred percent, and have him come that close to victory, or at least keeping the match going, keeping it close. Then he he is beating a little bitch range because you just told him he's this the, whatever you think of this is not the real Roman Reigns the real Roman Reigns already beat Strowman this is a different guy and so that's that's a problem too that's the way you sell a rematch is that that's how it happened I mean Braun Strowman has come out come out of this looking incredibly strong and I mean he lost a match to Kalisto and he's looking as strong as he's ever looked. Uh, I put in my podcast notes, and I had this conversation with Jimmy Van last week. I, you know, I Strowman is ready for the Lesnar spot, and Jimmy argued that Brock Lesnar has legitimacy, UFC and NCAA, 
you don't have to have that kind of legitimacy. To me, Braun Strowman's tearing shit up, and it makes people like him. And him tearing shit up is making him legitimate, and I'm completely cool with that. But the issue isn't isn't really Strowman at this point. I mean, the fact is, like, you asked me a question, and my my head went straight to Reigns because that is still that's their focus, obviously, as a company, and that's still the the overwhelming thing at every Raw, at every pay per view. The focus is still Reigns, even if he isn't supposed to be the one in the spotlight, just because that is how the company has constructed him. And for better or for worse, he still gets that reaction. Whether it's cheer or boo, and it's always boo, he gets he gets such a loud, overwhelming reaction. And as we've seen for the last, God, I mean, they even they even did it with Hogan when Hogan got that type of reaction for a little while. They're cool with that for whatever reason. They are just cool with that. I wish they weren't, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I, I don't know, but. If I were WWE, I would build to Strowman Reigns at WrestleMania 34 as the main event. That I would have Strowman win the title from Brock Lesnar and have him just massacre everybody until Roman Reigns. And if you want to do it then, give it the one shot. The one shot. And you're going to see Roman Reigns get booed, and maybe that'll be what it takes. I don't know what it's going to take for them to understand that Roman Reigns isn't the babyface. Because like I said, they do that... Wink, wink, nudge. Ha <laughs> ha! But you—he's already the biggest heel, isn't he? Ha <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's we're not. That—that's insulting. That insults right. our I intelligence. Mean, we we also got the extended thing of him walking down the hall, coughing up blood under the walls, and he got to the ambulance, and there was another. Cool. I'm not finished with you. And I liked the idea of that 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 Strowman ran so hard to an ambulance door, he ripped it off its hinges. That was fun. <laughs> but then, uh, mm-hmm. but then. Reigns beat him with a, the other door, and 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 Strowman ran away. He ran away. He was hurt too badly, and so even even when Roman's coughing up blood, he still gets to stand tall at the end of the night. That's just it's another another thing. It's another like subtle way of them telling us this is the guy who you want to root for. I'm looking at <laughs> tweets on my timeline and. Just thinking, of course, this person loved House of Horrors. <laughs> of course. Former Fightful employee, Vince Russo. <laughs> God bless. bless you, Vince Russo. Bless you, Vince Russo. Uh, guys, make sure you check out Most Ridiculous from uh, Anna Bauer. Check out Fightful.com. Subscribe. Thumbs up. iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher. All that stuff. Player FM. Got a lot of it. Uh, the podcast is growing. Uh, one of our, we've had two of our biggest shows ever this weekend. So that's pretty cool to see because usually when you have the post-WrestleMania season, the traffic goes down. That has not been a case, the case with us. Of course, around-the-clock wrestling coverage, photos, videos, all that. Follow Alex at Pawlowski, the fourth. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow Anna at Anna Bauer. Follow us at Fightful MMA. Fightful Wrestle and Fightful Online. Till next time, guys. We're out. We're out, guys. We're out. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money.